Last year, the Chargers defense was buoyed by several low-cost defensive free agents, and they're going to have to do it again in 2023 with some holes to fill. So today, we're trying to find this year's version of Kyle Van Noy and Morgan Fox. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. Well, David, today we are shopping on a budget again because the Chargers don't have a lot of money going into free agency. But last year, we saw their defense get saved by not the J.C. Jackson you know, signings or the Sebastian Joseph Day signings, not the big ticket ones, but it was actually the low-cost guys like Kyle Van Noy, Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan that really ended up paying such big dividends for the Chargers. And those guys might have priced themselves out of what the Chargers can pay going into 2023. So how do you find the next version of it? So we're going to talk about some potential reunions. You know, Brandon Staley maybe relinking up with someone like Michael Brockers, maybe trying to have one more run at it. Maybe someone like Demarcus Walker, who has time with Brandon Staley. And also maybe someone like Troy Hill to fill the Chargers, Bryce Callahan-sized hole that they have. Can he kind of reclaim some of that 2020 glory that he found under his former defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley? So there's a lot of ties defensively, and we've seen Brandon Staley go that route as well. And there's some other guys that are just cheap enough that maybe get themselves in the conversation. Unfortunately, guys like Leonard Floyd and even guys like, you know, John Johnson, Greg Gaines, unless the price is going to come down, even though they're great fits probably are out of the Chargers price range. But let's start with the guys that they can afford, David. And I think a fun one to talk about would be Michael Brockers. I mean, he in this situation would be trying to fill that Morgan Fox size hole that the Chargers could potentially have. Morgan Fox, it would be great if the Chargers could re-sign him, start by saying that. But they're probably going to have to get someone coming off of a down season like Morgan Fox was, maybe another guy who played under Brandon Staley. This one is definitely a risky flyer to some extent. I think he's going to come very, very cheap and obviously had his best season in 2020 under Brandon Staley. But it would be something, you know, where maybe you try to experiment with him. Maybe if you see if he wants one more run, trying to make a, a run to the playoffs with one of his favorite coaches. That's right. And the reason why Michael Brockers is in a situation to where he's going to be, you know, trying to find a new team is because, he didn't really have a good run with the Detroit Lions and actually, unfortunately, got benched, you know, at some point last year. And released. So, yeah. yeah. And released. So, you know, obviously not the best uh, showing for him out there. But, you know, thinking about, hey, you know, if I'm going to try to rebuild my value and try to give myself another chance to go, you know, potentially sign another contract with somebody, I'm probably going to think very, very very hard about going to join up with the coach that I had my best season of my NFL career with. Yeah. And I mean, these guys are going to have their wards just like the offensive free agents, right? You're going to get some red flags with these guys for him, you know, well over 30 years old at this point, you're basically doing a one-year rental, seeing if he can come in and make an impact this year has been able to stay healthy over the last few years, but hasn't been good in two years. I mean, that's really what it was. It was that because he just wasn't a fit with the Detroit lions. That's a high possibility. Did he just kind of lose some of the things that made him great? 
We don't know. But if Brandon Staley believes in it, he obviously has a great respect for Brandon Staley and has said so when he was talking about him after their time together in with Los Angeles. And what he said about it this year was, hey, in the right situation, he could potentially see himself coming back in 2023. Seems like that could be the right situation, right? I mean, was a healthy scratch a lot last year. Maybe just needs a change of scenery. Change of scenery. Maybe he has a little bit more gas left in the tank and the charge can get him cheap on kind of, hey, see what you can do. Maybe another team wants to pick you up after that if you can have another good season. But five sacks in 2020. Can he get some of that back? This guy had a lot of sacks last season, which is why I was surprised that his market value was only $3.2 million. But another guy with ties at a position of need on the Chargers defense, maybe this year's version of Kyle Van Noy, maybe this year's version of Kyler Fackrell, something we've seen the Chargers do every free agency period under Brandon Staley, find a situational backup pass rusher, a veteran. Maybe it's DeMarcus Walker, David. I mean, it's hard to imagine that's his market value because he had seven sacks last year, but was in a rotation and now potentially could try to go back to his former coach. Yeah, DeMarcus Walker is a very well-rounded player. I mean, from 2019 to 2021, he had 10 and a half sacks. And last year in, in Tennessee, he had seven sacks. So he's definitely on that upward trajectory. Also, 24 tackles for loss and 10 of them last year. So he really, really turned that on. One thing I, I I really like and the reason why I say he's a well-rounded player is because he has four of his six seasons with a run defense grade over 65, according to PFF. So that's just consistency, being able to not be a liability, not have to be taken off the football field when you're in those running situations. It just allows you to be a much better player and to be used and to be set up a little bit more effectively because you can stay on the field. And with seven sacks, I mean, there's a good chance that like what the role is is going to play a big factor in sure. this, right? I mean, that's this guy might not want to come and be the Chargers' third edge rusher, even though if you look at the third edge rusher last year, it was someone like Kyle Van Noy, right, who ended up lot, rushing, yeah. <laughs> you know, 88 times more than he did last season. So I think that is something where if the, it's the right situation, maybe it makes some sense. He might be getting a better offer, but. It's hard to say what that kind of next market is after kind of those bigger names at the top of free agency, those dominoes fall, because there are definitely some bigger names with some bigger production. Where does someone like Demarcus Walker fit in? 35th in pressure percentage, you take that as your third edge rusher, right? 67th oh, yeah. in win percentage, that's okay, but above average, being on over 200 players, basically. And only five less pressures last year than Kyle Van Noy on 88 less pass rushing snaps, so... If you want him to fill that role, he was pretty efficient doing it last season and got way less reps than Kyle Van Noy did. I don't know what the situation is in Tennessee right now. Seems like there's a fire sale. Maybe yeah. he is someone that, you know, and, and this was somebody that Brand Staley directly coached, right? It's not just like yes. somebody in the secondary. He was kind of the outside linebackers coach. That's what Demarcus Walker was, or at least, you know, mm -hmm. defensive line, edge rushers, a very, very close group. So yeah. it'd be interesting. I, I think you'd fit it great. Maybe probably I would say if he's getting more than 3.2 million out of the Chargers reach. Anyways, there's another guy that I think gets brought up a lot around the Chargers, and that is Leonard Floyd, right? And he is a guy that is likely going to get released by the Rams. And of course, the fit is great. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, he is the what Brandon Steely wants in his edge rusher, right? He yeah, at his best season, never had 10 sacks in a season, had 10 and a half with Brandon Staley in 2020, never had more than seven before that is going to get released by the Rams and change his entire career trajectory under Brandon Staley. But unless some magical, you know, cap space fairy shows up, I don't see it happening, even though I understand why, you know, Chargers fans would say, hey, this guy's available. He would love to play for Brandon Staley. 
Of course he would. I mean, there's yeah. no question about it. But, I mean, hey, this is a business at the end of the day. And, unfortunately, the Chargers don't have a lot of capital to play, to play with. Yes, they're going to have to make several moves to be able to produce some space to make some moves. But I don't see a scenario where they make enough moves to be able to accommodate a guy like Leonard Floyd. Yeah, and the Chargers do need, right? They need a, a third edge rusher, hopefully a veteran guy there. Right now, it's just yeah. Chris Rump, Bosa, and, and, you know, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Yep. But at the same time, I think it's just hard to imagine they're going to find somebody that's super cheap, right, that's going to be able to come in and do even what Kyle Van Noy did last year, right? Five yeah. sacks for the Chargers last year, the last five games of the season. He yep. would still make a lot of sense if he wanted to come back. We'll see kind of what the market is for someone like that. Definitely. If not, there's other guys. You, know, you brought up Dwayne Smoot. You brought up mm -hmm. Melvin Ingram. Melvin yep. Ingram, it seems like that ship has sailed, even though a reunion would be a lot of fun. You know, but Dwayne Smith, another guy ruptured his Achilles, maybe comes back and wants to take a flyer somewhere. Maybe he can join in and, you know, add to a pass rush because you can just never have enough pass rushers. But never. according to Brandon Staley, you can never have enough corners, which is why he always places such a high premium on it. And the Chargers have a pretty good tandem in Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr., but a lot of uncertainty with what's going on with J.C. Jackson. And we know how big of a role Bryce Callahan played for this team last season. Can they find this year's Bryce Callahan, maybe someone with more ties to Brandon Staley, someone like Troy Hill, who had his best season playing in the slot under Brandon Staley. So we're going to talk about him and a couple of guys in the secondary that could make sense in free agency, but come in at a low enough price to be realistic. We're going to get into that after this, but I do need to tell you guys that the official sports betting partner of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and right now the midway point of the NBA season is here, and it's getting actually pretty close to the playoffs. We're headed down the down, you know, the, the back stretch of the NBA season. The NBA playoffs are always wild. You're going to want to get in on this action right now, guys, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line, point scores, and threes drained. You can even do even more unique bets like the two-by-three where you get two three-pointers in the first three minutes for a player. That one pays out pretty well. But, hey, if you want to bet on XFL, NFL, anything like that, you can still get your NFL futures in right now. You can make XFL bets right now if you want to bet on football and so much more because FanDuel has anything that you can look for, you can bet on with FanDuel. So don't miss out on that chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. More bargain free agents to get into, David. So little time. And there's, you know, it's a very limited pool we're putting ourselves in because the Chargers are $23 yes. million over the cap, right? Yeah. So like yesterday, a lot of these guys are going to come with their flaws and their red flags. But one thing that, you know, you can pretty consistently rely on is the relationship to Brandon Staley. And that Brandon Staley likes quarterbacks in last year. In a similar situation, right, your cornerbacks, last year in a similar situation, they brought in Bryce Callahan. This is going to have a lot to do with how they feel about Jasir Taylor, but I yeah. would like another veteran, especially with the uncertainty around J.C. Jackson, especially because we could see some of the earlier picks going to different positions in the draft, taking a flyer on someone, and I think someone that would make a lot of sense is a guy who had his best season at corner under Brandon Staley, and that is Troy Hill. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get a little bit tired of hearing that, but there, that's a big theme with most of these guys that have that connection with Brandon Staley is that in that 2020 year, most of them had their best season of their career 
under Brandon Staley and Troy Hill. Well, and is, it's why these guys would want to come back to the Chargers yeah. for less money because that's exactly. really the most important thing, like Morgan Fox did, like yeah. Bryce Callahan did, right? You're not going to yeah. get those guys unless they're thinking, hey, can I get back to that? Can I get back to that peak I was at under Brandon Staley? Well, and those guys coming back and performing the way they did just kind of reinforces the that thought process by some of these other players that said, hey, these guys came back played with Brandon uh, under Brandon again and had another great year. So Troy Hill, another example is got to be a guy who is going to seriously consider that. I mean, last year, 64 tackles, 22 stops, one interception. And, but under Brandon Staley is where he really succeeded the most 64 tackles, one forced fumble, his lowest yards per reception of his career, seven pass breakups, three interceptions. And that was primarily playing in the slot, which is where Bryce Callahan played for the chargers for the most part last season. So it seems like taking Bryce Callahan, excuse me, taking Bryce Callahan out, putting Troy Hill in would be one of those natural fits. Yeah. An older guy about the same age as Bryce Callahan was when you signed him last year. Right. And this is, you know, Bryce Callahan would be a great option as well. This is, yes, if they would. can't get those guys. Troy Hill is coming off of a bad season by his yeah. standards, you know, and then Bryce Callahan's coming off maybe his best season as a pro under Brandon Staley last year. So Troy Hill would be trying to recoup some of that value, but not only did these guys play their best under Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley got all these dudes paid once before, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he did. got a big contract with Cleveland because of what he did under Brandon Staley, right? He no deserves doubt. all the credit for, you know, making the improvements in his game, but John Johnson, same thing. He got paid. Yeah. Michael Brocker, same thing. He got paid after, you know, really the Braves released him, brought him back. And then he got another contract with Detroit. Yeah. I mean, all these dudes, Morgan Fox got paid and got cut because yeah. he didn't fit in the right system. Like there's yeah. a, a very, similar theme with all of these dudes because these dudes had their best seasons got paid once under brandon staley maybe they want to go try to do that again but i think the yeah. other thing with him too hey injuries happen secondaries get banged up you want to keep continuity there even though yeah. he did play the most snaps of his career in the slot and i think that was one of the bigger reasons he played very well in 2020 yeah he also played over 300 snaps that season on the outside as well so he does have that position versatility even as a smaller guy and he would be an improvement in run defense over Bryce Callahan. You'd be an improvement in run defense for the Chargers secondary in general because that's not yeah. their strength. Four at all. of eight seasons with a run defense of run defense grade over seventy five. So that is fantastic, and we Pretty know sure that. Or two. Yeah. yeah, the the corners. Right. The corners for the Chargers have really struggled in run support. So getting a guy that has a kind of a reputation for being a good run stopper from the cornerback position is going to be a great addition to this defense yeah even as a smaller guy but yeah i think worth the flyer for sure on him yeah let's move to safety though because there you could talk about a starting spot at slot corner right potentially available and that's where you're going to have the best sales pitch because you can't pitch money right the other part yeah. the chart the other position the chargers could kind of flaunt out there or hang out there is hey you could potentially come in and at least battle for a free safety spot with Alohi Gilman going into the season. It's a very thin position for the Chargers right now. One of the guys that I thought was pretty exciting, David, was DeMonte Casey. And I'm definitely mm -hmm. showing my, you know, biases a little bit, San Diego State guy. But a guy <laughs> that the biggest thing I like about him is just the opportunistic nature of his game. I mean, yep. he has 14 career interceptions, had a seven interception season when he was with Atlanta, has loose ties to the you know the Chargers because he was on the Cowboys on the other side of the ball when Kellen Moore was there in 2021. So at least some tie there, at least someone to speak on his character at the very least. But someone that I think, hey, if you're taking risks, this is a dude who right now last year had to sit behind Minka Fitzpatrick, only got about 200 coverage snaps, but had two interceptions in that time. 
I think this is a guy where, you know, hey, worth the flyer for me. I love the fact that he is a long kind of rangy type of safety. He has some really good ball skills Yeah, that can definitely I can see that translate um, in a particular role for the Chargers. The one thing that gives me a little bit of pause about DeMonte Casey is the tackle, the missed tackle percentage over 15 percent in every year where he had some consistent snaps. So that definitely gives me a little bit of pause, but I can definitely see why you would bring him up and why he could definitely help this Chargers defense. Because there's not a lot of options. That's the big yeah. thing, right? And That's right. Hadaway more than likely isn't going to be resigned. Hey, no. if you're going to miss tackles like Chargers free safeties have been missing throughout all of time, at least be able to turn the ball over, right? Because that's yes. the thing about Nazir Adderley, right? The missed tackles become a lot more stomachable, right? Mm-hmm. If you're able to pull down four or five interceptions this season. Absolutely. This is an opportunistic guy. Hey, if you can keep him in the right situation, you're not keeping him near the line of scrimmage, obviously, right? But if you can get him in there, passing downs, compete, or at least be a good kind of combination with Alohi Yeoman, I think there could be something there. And I think there's definitely worse chances they could, could be a good partner w- with Derwin James, too. Yeah, he fits better next to Derwin James than Aloe Gilman does, but yeah. the not being able to tackle for it is huge because the Chargers already have that issue, but it probably wouldn't be coming down much from what they were getting from that position last season. So right. at least you'd hopefully be getting more takeaways out of it. But there's another guy with ties, another guy who's kind of under the radar, David, someone you brought to my attention, DeAndre Houston Carson, someone who has ties with Brandon Daly and isn't you know going to knock anyone's boots off with his production, but is someone that could at least come in and be a veteran competition to go up against someone like Alohi Gilman, who's still pretty inexperienced. Yes, DeAndre Houston Carson played with Coach Daly in Chicago, so obviously that was a couple of years ago. He did have a a down season uh, last year, but there was a new coach with a new defensive system in place with Matt Eberflus there. Um, But in 2021, he did play some really high-quality football, 38 tackles, 5.9% 5.9% missed tackle percentage, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one interception, three pass breakups, and only one touchdown allowed in that season. Also uh, had two seasons with a you know a pass coverage grade over 80. So he did have a couple of, of really, really solid in one particular area, a guy that, that you can, can trust on the back end to be able to make some plays. And I'll also, he only made $1.7 million last year, so he's probably going to be coming in, not going to cost a whole lot of money, and at least will be a veteran presence. You can come in and add some competition to that room. Yeah, and that's what I would like it for, right? This is the classic, hey, you were good two years ago, but you weren't good last year. Can we kind yeah. of recoup some of that value there? Someone who would be very familiar having come up in the Vic Fangio system, right, to what Brandon Staley wants to do. Someone that has some range on the back end and could be, you know, potentially an above average player in coverage. That's something that all should be in competition with someone like Alohi Gilman and a really, really unknown commodity in JT Woods, right? Having all of your eggs in the JT Woods Alohi Gilman basket is scary. The Chargers haven't, you know, attempted to bring in safeties under Brandon Staley. You know, they've drafted safeties under Brandon Staley two in the two years, if you count Mark Webb as that, which he kind of is. Interesting. I mean, he's definitely someone with the ties. He's someone that should be incredibly cheap. I don't mind it at all, even if it's not like a flashy thing. Hey, if this guy can make an improvement and can come in on a very low-end deal, it seems like there's a few examples of where that worked out for the Chargers last year. Yeah. But, you know, it would be great getting really good players who play great. That might be too much money, but it's hard to kind of save the value on guys like John Johnson, who played his best football under Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley absolutely gushes about every time he's talked about him. That's and also true. Greg Gaines, <laughs> a guy at defensive tackle, maybe filling that Morgan Fox role. Another big kind of question mark is what's going to happen with Drew Tranquil. 
I think looking at the linebacker market made me want the Chargers to re-sign Drew Tranquil more. But hey, maybe they go more specialist if they miss out. Maybe they try to get a run-stuffing guy, maybe someone like a Denzel Perriman. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. I think linebacker is pretty much the only position we haven't covered on today's show, David, as far as free agents the Chargers could potentially bring in, but could potentially have a big hole there with a, a Drew tranquil size hole. Yeah. The Chargers won't be able to find a three-down linebacker in, in this free agency class unless they're bringing back Drew Tranquil. At least out of the three-down guys, I think he's going to be one of the most reasonably priced. I think he's going to be one of the youngest. Yeah. And maybe someone who's potentially a little bit overlooked, I hope. That's pretty much the Chargers' only shot at him because if they can't get something done with Drew Tranquil, David, I don't like the options they're going to get towards the bottom of that scrappy. No, I don't either. I'm, I'm definitely on the Drew Tranquil resign train. He's definitely very, very high up there. He's one of the those kind of priority guys that I want to see them resign because I think he earned it. I mean, he played his best football last year. He stayed healthy and he showed showcased a really well-rounded game. He showed some good coverage skills, getting some interceptions, showed a fantastic pass rush and limited opportunities and was very effective yeah. in that. Um, and was pretty solid against the run. I just feel like it was a complete year for him. And 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 just unfortunately, I know how the Chargers do things with linebackers, so it just doesn't give me a lot of faith that that's going to happen. So you do have to have some contingency plans in place if you don't or are unable to get a contract done with Drew Tranquil. Right, and I, I think you're going to get a specialist at that point. I don't think you're going to get yeah. a coverage guy and a guy who can stop the run. If you want to just get a guy who is a glass eater, right? And I think the big difference between Kazir White and Drew Tranquil is last year when the Chargers moved on from Kazir White, they still had Drew Tranquil. Yeah. After Drew Tranquil leaves, there's nobody left behind him, right? There, there's not an obvious backup plan like there was with Kazir White. So maybe that's a little bit more fortunate. But if you want to just go get a run-stuffing type of player, you could go with someone like a Landon Roberts who's going to give you a couple of the things that Drew Tranquil gives you, right? A guy who is a bullet and a missile against the run, a little bit too high as far as the missed tackles, but is making a lot of plays in the backfield as well. It's part of his game, part of the reckless nature that makes him good against the run. The thing is, almost all the missed tackles he had were in coverage. Most Mm. of them did not come against the run. So if you can have him in on the right situations, Market value of $2.4 million to get a very good blitzer, someone who has a really, really good pass rusher, someone that only missed five tackles against the run and is really a run-stuffing specialist, and a former Patriot, right? We've also seen that Brandon Staley really likes those former Patriots. You could have someone like that for $2.4 million. Are you going to pay $2.4 million for an incomplete guy when you didn't pay $3 million for Kazir White? Different situation now, but it yeah. would be at least nice to have someone where you know, hey, this guy's on the field. We're going to be better in run defense because it's been so bad for the Chargers. Or maybe you go with another kind of less well-rounded linebacker, someone we know eats glass for a living, someone like Denzel Perriman. Oh, yeah. That's definitely for sure what he, what he does. Denzel Perriman, um, as Charger fans, we've had the pleasure to watch him annihilate running back after running back after running back out there. And he went to the Raiders, and you know he had a couple of pretty decent seasons in 2020, 2021. He had 154 <laughs> tackles. Woo, my goodness. Like, that is unbelievable. Like, 100 tackles is a, a, an accomplishment. 120 mostly is fantastic. mostly healthy, too, right? Which is yeah. maybe even more of an accomplishment. Right, he played 15 games. Right, he played 15 games that season. 
150 tackles is unreal. And and in 2022, he only played 12 games, uh, but he still had eight, 83 tackles and 14 tackles for loss. One thing I also liked is that he improved in coverage a little bit from 21 to 22. His reception percentage allowed went down from 79.7 to 71.4. So that is a pretty good reduction in that. So getting a little bit better in an area that we all know that Denzel Perriman does not excel in. Of course. And I mean, it, you know, if you're bringing in someone like that, it's on you to kind of find ways right to protect way. them, right? Yeah. Find ways to protect them. If you think it's obvious passing dance, you're using them as a blitzer, right? Right. Keeping them on the field. I mean, it all serves a purpose. They haven't been really willing to kind of have a specialty guy like that out there. Even last year, you know, like Troy Reader probably would have been better set to be on some of those early downs. Definitely. He was a lot of times. Yeah. And the charge didn't seem willing to do that. So it'll be interesting, but this isn't a scenario in, in a world where they don't resign Drew Tranquil, who was such right. a big piece. You know, maybe their second best defender, the second or third best defender, him, Michael Davis and Derwin James last year. Cleo Mack in that conversation too, but right there. And that's a pretty uh, pretty esteemed list, I would yeah. say, of those guys. But I don't see it happening necessarily. I, he might be a too expensive for the Chargers. I think the sure. best scenario for the chargers is resigning their own guys and i know we've said that before but he shouldn't yeah. be super suit none of the chargers free agents should be getting you know those top of the line deals if you can get back a couple of those guys whether it's pipkins and, and tranquil right if it's pipkins and fox like the you're probably getting better than what the alternative is out there i agree in the best world you know best case scenario you'd be getting guys who you've seen do it very very well and there's a couple of guys on the market that would be Excellent fits under Brandon Staley because they've done it before. I want to start with John Johnson, David, who in a perfect world, you get John Johnson back after a couple of down seasons after Brandon Staley got him paid by the Cleveland Browns. I can't think of a better fit if it was possible, if he was going to get way less than he probably should get for him to return to the Chargers defense. I think that would solve a lot of issues on the back end. Yep, signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the Browns after that successful season that he had under Brandon Staley, which was unquestionably his best. Over an 80 grade in run defense, in tackling, and in coverage. Had a missed tackle rate of only 6.3%. Had one interception and seven pass breakups that year. Like, he was all over the place. He, he was everywhere, and he's definitely a guy you can easily see pair up with Derwin James and just wreak havoc, but... Unfortunately, it just seems like this is a guy that's just maybe a little bit too expensive for the Chargers to be able to bring in. But, man, it's kind of fun to imagine what he could do in Lightning Bolts. Yeah, we don't know his market value yet because he hasn't technically been released by the Browns, but it's already been reported he's going to get released or traded. Someone that Brandon Staley loves, someone that can play all the special parts of Brandon Staley's defense, even playing, you know, that dime linebacker, the money in the star yep. that Brandon Staley likes to use, was the green dot player for Brandon Staley on that 2020 Rams defense. So many reasons to love it. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But, hey, if he can't get anything because of the two seasons in Cleveland and they think he's just really more of a fit in certain situations, maybe that's the Chargers into if they do make a splash signing in free agency, go a little over what we think they could spend. Maybe he's someone that makes sense, but someone that you can't really get your hopes up for. And that's right. kind of why he's at the end of the show today. Because if not, yeah. you'd be at the beginning of it. Another <laughs> guy fits that, David, Greg Gaines, defensive tackle. Maybe this year's Morgan Fox back-to-back seasons with four sacks. I think he's an Orange County native, hometown kind of boy there. He would, I think, be a great fit, David. I, I mean, I think he probably makes probably going to make too much. Depends kind of how that defensive tackle market shakes out. 
But I mean, right now in the same place we're getting this market value, they have Jerry Tillery at seven point eight million. So you <laughs> never know. Maybe he's going to be a lot cheaper. Maybe he is someone that could slide into that role. Yeah, hey, 10 sacks in the last two seasons for Greg Gaines, 45 stops in the last two seasons for Greg Gaines. So getting some things done as a pass rusher and as a run stopper, but that market value for him is sitting at 7.7 million. So, I mean, just at that at that number right now and the way things are are for the Chargers financially, it just doesn't seem like that's something that could happen. But, hey. You know, the crazier things have happened. The The Saints move mountains every single year and restructure contracts left and right. So it is possible. We will have to wait and see. The Chargers haven't made any moves yet. That will have to happen very soon. So that plan for free agency is about to become a little bit clearer. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of John Johnson, Greg Gaines, like yeah. both of their games. And I mean, someone that or two guys that played for Brandon Staley in 2020, just like Leonard Floyd. Guys that make too much sense, but you can't afford everyone. You've already given out a ton of big contracts on the defensive side. Fact of the matter is, David, you're going to need some guys like that. You're going to need some guys this year, especially with their cap situation, to come in on those one-year cheaper deals yep. and be able to contribute for it because that's really what saved the Chargers defense in a lot of ways last year, a defense that improved from 21 to 2022 but still needs a lot of help and can't <laughs> afford to open up other big gashes as far as personnel goes, right? But. We'll see. We'll see how much spending space they have. Maybe they're more of a player in some of these bigger name guys, but it's hard to see it as of this moment. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you guys are getting back with us tomorrow for a Chargers mailbag day. Make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and hitting up the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Leave a 30-second question, and it should get on the show if it's relevant. Probably not getting into specific draft players. Maybe we'll get into a couple tomorrow, but make sure you guys hit us up there or you can hit us up on our personal Twitters for me at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer at DrotalkSD. And to make sure you don't miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and find the show for free every day wherever you get your podcast from. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for our Chargers mailbag. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.